This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Wednesday, February 22nd, 2006. I'm up. I'm Molly Wood, <laughs> And I'm Tom Merritt, author of Seen It's the Real Deal. What just happened? I have island fever. You have what? Island fever. Island, island fever. fever? I came back yeah. with a little cold in the throat region. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, Tina's podcast of indeterminate length. That's episode number 171. Sounds Take more like that a don't want to work 30 fever. 30 episode it's podcast. don't want to work fever. Come on. Don't want to be at work I fever. love work. Nude photos. <laughs> and I love nude photos too. Nude photos. <laughs> That'll get us on track. That'll get us focused. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. That'll why. start me coughing. I don't even know why I said that. No, uh, A federal judge has ruled that portions of Google's popular image search feature, with which displays small thumbnail versions of images found on other websites, likely violates U.S. copyright law. So this could be big dun, dun, in implication dun. because yes. if a precedent is set here. Now, this is just an injunction. The case hasn't actually been decided, right? right? This is just an injunction telling Google, you can't show the thumbnails of the site Perfect 10 Ha-ha. Until we have decided this Until we case. figure this out. You, you have an injunction. So uh, that remains to be determined, but, but it could have some wide-ranging implications. And what's interesting is Perfect 10 is complaining that images that were behind a paywall, mm-hmm. is the way it was mentioned in Declan's story, right. were being indexed and displayed. <laughs> and so their feeling is, hey, people have to pay to get those. Even if they're just thumbnails, you shouldn't be able to see them. But the case could end up having implications on images that are not behind a right, paywall. Right. Well, and potentially all kinds of things. I mean, that's, you know, we have so all of those newspaper associations and wire services suing Google News right now saying oh, yeah, that they the, violate copyright by showing snippets of the stories. I mean, I feel like this could go kind of on and on if indeed this precedent comes to pass. I think it'll end the internet. I, You know, I think you're right. I think it's only <laughs> fair to say that this is definitely going to end the internet. Well, that's it. We're done. No more to talk about. The internet's <laughs> over. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. March 8th is when they will uh, propose. Announce the end of the internet. What, is when they'll propose the injunction's wording, oh. basically. And then Google's going to appeal the injunction. This has actually had, this has been going on for a long time. Per- Perfect 10 filed this soon in 2004. <laughs> oh, jeez. Why don't you? You're right. I here, think I need to go home. I, uh, I think you need to go to China. I think we need to send you back. Don't send me to China. (laughs) To investigate Google. More Google news. This is kind of interesting because we talk a lot about our side of things and our take on Google censorship and how we think it's so awful. But just this week, Chinese media went off on Google for essentially and launched in and the government launched launched an investigationist into whether Google was operating Google.cn without a license. So Google just can't catch a break. They can't catch a break. On one side of the Pacific Ocean, they're getting beaten up for censoring results in China. Mm -hmm. And then in China, they're getting beaten up for not censoring things enough. Well, (laughs) you kind of jumped ahead there because I hadn't really said that part yet. Analysts suspect it's not like the Chinese media just goes off on its own and launches investigations into what companies are doing. So basically, this has been interpreted in the U.S. media and the world media as China basically firing a shot across Google's bow and saying, we're going to stick our government run press on you because we don't feel we're not happy with how much you've been censoring. Well, they don't like... And not in the U.S. way. We don't think you've been censoring enough. I know I saw one story where they don't like they're getting taken to task for the disclaimer that shows up right. that says these results have been censored by 
the Chinese government, which is one thing Google pointed out when they were testifying in Congress that they point this stuff out. Yeah. Just like they do when the DMCA causes them in America to remove a result. They point it out. So is in China when a Chinese law causes them to remove something. They point it out. But certainly the Chinese government doesn't want people finding out (laughs) that there's information out there that they don't have access to. Oh, like they don't know. I mean, that's the the whole joke of this is that they can have any kind of real control over the Internet. Once it's in, I mean, what they're doing is just making it more difficult Mm -hmm. and training people to get more creative to mm-hmm. find their resources, but it's there. They're training a generation of hackers is when, what they're training. When Google.cn first launched, you just had to misspell Tiananmen, and you could get all the pictures of Tiananmen Square you wanted. Right. I'm sure they fixed that by now, but there's going to be some other way of getting around it. This, this, this has turned out to be somewhat of a non-event because obviously, uh, just as Google is not going to leave China voluntarily and not do business there, China's not going to kick out Google either because they, of course, want to be part of the 22nd century economy yeah it's <laughs> a matter totally of weird. pressure it's a matter um, of just putting so yeah the pressure. they basically fired the shot across their bow and then promptly granted the license <laughs> speaking so of uh, shots going across bows the norse may be going after apple uh, <laughs> according to a story on i'm not even going to try to pronounce that that's a norse word no please try um, come on for bruker for bruker portalen Dot N-O. Well, for Bruker rotted up in the uh, right, up in the dot, upper left, and then while I gave you the uh, and also gave you the URL, and so. also we apologize. <laughs> so would that be Norwegian for Bruken Portal, perhaps? Uh, yes, uh, yes, that would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. Do you speak Norse? Huh. You. I have no idea. <laughs> so anyway, if you buy music Norwegian. from iTunes, as you know, there is digital rights management on it, and the implication in the terms of the service for iTunes is if you uh, own this piece of music apple can at any time change your rights to it they can Mm -hmm. revoke your rights they can change the number of copies you can make the number of times you burn it they can do all of that stuff they can decide you can't put it on your ipod anymore (laughs) exactly they could they probably won't but they could Mm -hmm. Uh, and because of that fact the consumer council of norway is lodging a complaint against itunes with the consumer ombudsman for breach of the marketing control act which i guess is norse law which is just fun to say <laughs> no you don't want to know it what's really going to happen like, thor is just going to come with his mighty hammer and <laughs> totally smite apple down sweet i wish we had a consumer ombudsman i wish we had um, thor the complaint says <laughs> <laughs> with his mighty hammer <laughs> too um, the complaint says itunes is able to alter your rights to music that you've already bought this is a breach of fundamental principles of contract law. I, I agree. iTunes also blocks consumers from breaking the copy protection or DRM if they want to use other MP3 players than Apple's iPod. This is a clear breach of the Copyright Act. Dude, we should all move to Norway. Obviously, their Copyright Act makes a heck of a lot more sense than ours. Oh, does. sure. Everything's always better in Norway, Molly. That's all you ever talk about. Wait till their longboats show up in Cupertino and establish the Dane Law Dude, you're gonna get on the trouble. Apple campus. The Dane Law? That's not even Norway. You're crazy. That's Scandinavian. Sure iTunes yeah, Europe. This is the best part. iTunes Europe is located in Luxembourg. <laughs> the smallest one of the smallest countries in no my, it is the, is smallest, the smallest, country. Okay. smallest country according to the terms and conditions it is subject to English law do you know what the capital of Luxembourg is Luxembourg Luxembourg yeah uh, <laughs> but but why if it's located in Luxembourg is it subject to English law oh. that doesn't mean law is written in English that means the law of England um, and you know, the Consumer of Council of Norway says no you can't say you're subject subject to English law if you're operating in Norway Makes because sense all the iTunes.no stuff is in uh, Norwegian, Norwegian, and the Norse, prices are Tom stated in Norwegian stated. kroner, which mm-hmm. is the currency of Norway. Hmm. <laughs> um, 
I think that one thing that occurs to me, though, is that Norway could file the same complaint about a lot of things. I mean, most software you'll say similar things about that they can revoke your rights at any time. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. And most likely, whatever happens will not affect the way they do business in the U.S. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about the Crazy 8 versions of Vista. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Microsoft's protection money. And we'll talk a little bit about Microsoft in Europe. It's all about Microsoft and a teenager who can win court cases when we come back. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Eight is enough. (laughs) 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 So I've I've been avoiding suggesting talking about the eight versions of Vista. It's been out for a couple days just because I felt like we talked about it a lot. Back, mm-hmm. I don't know, in January or so. We did when, back when, when it was the rumors were back out. when it was idle speculation. We talked about it yeah. a lot, but now Dave from Santa Clara wants to know. Hey guys, this is Dave from Santa Clara. Um, just uh, wanted to say a couple things real quick. First of all, I really agree with the caller from yesterday who talked about Dvorak and Apple switching over to Windows. That's just bull. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. Um, and also, I was wondering what you guys thought about uh, Microsoft allegedly mistakenly releasing the eight versions of Vista. Uh, I think they're just doing it as a marketing ploy to get us to start talking about it. Uh, anyways, thanks, and I'll talk to you guys later. Also, yes, all of our callers seem to think that Dvorak is crazy. And then, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, John C. thinks he's crazy, too. But, you know. <laughs> but since he's not on this podcast, we'll talk about Microsoft Vista <laughs> instead. The news part of this, for those of you who didn't follow it, was that there was briefly information posted on Microsoft's website listing the eight different editions and all the different names. It was like Windows Starter. Uh, do, you want, do you want to know what they are? Windows Ultimate, yeah. Windows Starter 2007, mm-hmm. Starter. Windows Vista Home Basic, <laughs> Windows Vista Home Basic N. <laughs> Windows that? Vista That's Vista, no that's Windows the Media Europe, Player. The European the version. The European version. Oh, right? okay. Windows Vista Home Premium, Windows mm-hmm. Vista Business, mm-hmm. Windows Vista Business N. <laughs> Windows Vista Enterprise, and my personal favorite, Windows Vista Ultimate. 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 Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. When you want everything Windows can give you. (laughs) And I got that list from Engadget. Yes. Um, And yeah, it's here on most of the news stories that mention it. I'm reading it now on Reuters. Yeah, it's basically, and then, but then the interesting thing is that then it it disappeared. Which led (laughs) everybody to wonder, like, did they do it on purpose to get people talking about it? Did, was it an accident? Are they not really going to have eight versions? Are they going to have 15 instead? I think they did it to get people talking about it, and guess what? It worked. You think it was a, We totally just talked I about it. I kind of do. I kind of do. Because, really? But we're because, saying how silly it is. Well, and we were already said that before. Yeah, that I maybe, so maybe it's, it's actually just it's a clumsy form of market testing. <laughs> to see what like, we think about it. How will people respond to eight They're responding well to Ultimate. Because <laughs> when you think about it, there's to really- save money. Realistically, at least in the U.S., there's only five versions. I mean, two of those are Windows Media-less versions intended right. for the European market. One of them is an enterprise version. So really, well, and, there's already, and then two of them are business versions. There's or already one is a business five version. versions of XP already. Right. So it's actually... There's when you, Windows Media Center, Windows Tablet, XP Pro, XP Home, and XP Server. Yeah. And so when you think about it, this would just be like two versions of basic or one version of... It it's it breaks out to roughly similar to the XP versions. The only thing yeah. that's missing is, and Windows Ultimate is probably the new Media Center <laughs> version, and so it doesn't really 
It's not as many as it sounds like. Windows Ultimate. Okay, here, here, here's your deal, Microsoft. So we're if, done. If you are doing this for uh, research purposes, Windows Crazy Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Windows Cablamo. Windows Cablamo. <laughs> All right. More on Microsoft. Um, people are starting to take notice of the apparent incongruity inherent in the fact that Microsoft builds products that contain security vulnerabilities, builds Windows Vista as a more secure operating system, and yet is selling its own brand of security products, including a $50 a year antivirus service. And Microsoft client protection software for businesses. So they're going to be asking corporations and businesses to pay them to protect their own products. Now, I got a question. Microsoft anti-spyware, is it going to be bundled in with Vista or is it a separate uh, it's separate. Yeah. And so, they announced that Vista will not have any built-in antivirus protection. Yeah. Really? And XP didn't either. I mean, it's not that's not a departure yeah. for them. But you have to look at the fact that antivirus in this comp- antivirus the antivirus market as a whole is worth 15 billion dollars. Enterprise customers spend 3 billion dollars a year on security. So really, if you break it down, it doesn't make any sense for Microsoft to include security like airtight security in Windows or Windows Enterprise. Because they can make billions of dollars selling security products to people who have already bought their insecure operating system. Well, but the question is, are they actually being good citizens and not bundling in products to Vista that you're forced to use? No. Or are they actually going the other way and leaving security holes open no. so that they can sell the antivirus? Ooh, okay, what's Maybe the they're middle getting ground? paid off by the, the antivirus ground. companies to leave security holes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there are a million different conspiracy <laughs> theories that you can take. Chronicle's like, sounds perfectly reasonable to me. <laughs> reasonable. I use the Mac. So, um, but what, yeah, so what no, is going I, on? I think the middle ground is that they know that, that obviously, every operating system is going to have some inherent security flaws, that viruses proliferate So they're not like doing crazy. it on purpose. They're not doing it on purpose. They just know it's going to happen. They just know it's going to happen. But instead of wasting the energy for free and issuing patches... Like crazy. And instead of bundling antivirus software, which I don't think most people would consider to be an unwanted bundle, but you, then again, you never know because most people don't consider Windows Media Player to be an unwanted bundle as evidenced by the fact that nobody buys the end versions of Windows in Europe. Nevertheless, it does cause problems for them vis-a-vis the Justice Department. Well, you can imagine Norton and McAfee and the other antivirus makers getting a little they bit freak. Uh, rumpled if, if they bundled in antivirus with Windows. The question is, though, shouldn't they bundle in antivirus in corporate versions? And that's what, what analysts and corporations are starting to say, like, wait a second. Why should we pay you twice to protect one product that you make? You make it. Well, there's also a difference. Protect it your dang self. There's a difference between <laughs> antivirus that's just stopping uh, you from doing something stupid, like opening an attachment that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Windows security. You're the one who's right. the security hole. And then there's antivirus and anti-spyware, which are helping protect you from things that can take advantage of security holes that you have nothing to do with, like mm-hmm. like the viruses that launch out of a web browser and take advantage of holes that way. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part where it's really tricky, which is, well. They could just leave some holes in there and then package in the antivirus and right. be the first ones out there. And they, I don't think they'll ever stop delivering patches. No. But but yeah, couldn't they? Couldn't they bundle sneaky. it in? Couldn't they do a little more protection in Windows proper? Probably. And if you think Microsoft is complacent <laughs> because they pretty much won their last case in Europe uh, with Windows Media Player. I mean, I know they technically lost it. 
uh, but they feel like, oh, well, they're past all of that anti-competitiveness. There are two new cases that have hit the skids. <laughs> a group of world's largest technology companies complained to the European Commission on Wednesday that Microsoft was guilty of anti-competitive practices and that they have not been satisfactorily following the rules of the previous European court settlement. It is worth noting that this European Committee for Interoperable Systems includes IBM, Nokia, Oracle, and Real Networks. <laughs> At the same time, computer maker Tangent in Northern California has filed a federal antitrust suit against Microsoft, accusing the software maker of anti-competitive behavior that forced it to overpay for the Windows operating system and saying they violate the Sherman Act uh, and are not following the uh, the decision that came about in 1998. In other words, they are backsliding. Microsoft so, says, we've come to expect that as we introduce new products that benefit consumers, particularly with the kind of breakthrough technologies in Office 12 and Windows Vista, a few competitors will complain because we're so awesome. But this isn't about new products. I this is basically going back and saying, hey, you know what? There were these two decisions that you were supposed to be following and you're not doing it right. It's interesting, it's too, because like they're beating the Euro- an old drum. I know. It's interesting because the European Commission is like constantly on Microsoft's case about the various ways in which they are not complying. And it gets to be so much that you're almost like, come on. Like They put out this version of Windows and no one's buying it and blah, blah, blah. Leave them alone. But it's still Microsoft. No matter how you slice it, it's still baloney. They can't seem to get away from the court problems, though. No, well, they can't seem to get away from the anti-competitive behavior. I mean, it's their, it's their, it's how they have made their empire, and now that their empire is in danger, it's certainly no surprise that they might be falling back on some of the same tactics. But they've been being so nice lately. I know, it's behind the scenes. They better, so they better be glad this sixteen-year-old kid from Kokomo, Indiana, isn't after him. <laughs> Tom loves this kid. This on Slashdot today, uh, a 16-year-old sued the city of Kokomo, Indiana for access to an email list that he suspected the mayor was misusing for political purposes. The mayor refused to give him the list, and the teenager took him to court and won the case. (laughs) Now the city not only has to pay for the attorneys they hired, but may have to compensate the 16-year-old's pro bono counsel. (laughs) Which Wait, what? So they got a pro bono counsel. But they part so of the, the decision. Kid didn't may, have to pay, but then yeah, lawyers. Part of the decision right. may be no. The, that counsel does have to be paid anyway. Oh, I see. Interesting. That's part of pro bono. That's Man, that's that's you know you like to see that taking taking it into your own hands, saying don't spam me, mayor. Anyway, good job, kid. Good job to you. Good on you. Hey, so um, you know how you go into the fast food restaurants and the dudes are there and they use a little touchscreen beep boop beep boop beep boop uh-huh. to put in your order and then it always seems really hard and then you think, if I could do that, I bet it would be really easy. Well, now you can. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> on Boing Boing, he, uh, a, a reader went to a Taco <laughs> Bell, KFC in Morrisville, North Carolina, and all the ordering was done through a gigantic touchscreen a picture that makes it look very similar to an e-check-in at an airport. You mm-hmm. just go up and you pop in what you want to buy. Put in your credit uh, card. You put in your credit card or you can even use cash and then it p- puts through your order. That's all well and good, but a lot of people are going to lose their jobs if this gets popular. Mm-hmm. Well, they could or mm-hmm. they you know, they could also have better service or, in actually yeah. making and delivering the food. True, uh-huh. true, okay. Uh, because they're saving that time that it takes for people to actually take the orders. Yeah, Bill from Atlanta um, had a forum post about this. And by the way, Bill from Atlanta is the one who pointed out how Kablamo the podcast is. Bill <laughs> and, is Kablamo. And he did want to say that m- me forgetting his name is not Kablamo, and I totally yeah. Not Kablamo! I'm really sorry, Bob. But no, no, just kidding, no. just kidding. Bill, I mean, Bill. We've created Bill, Bill not Bob. Bill. <laughs> anyway, he also so says that, that this is sort of a bad thing. 
in the sense that, you know, jobs are going to become extinct and it's going to replace employees. And, and that's true. I think many people would tell you that the personal interaction that you get at the KFC Taco Bell hmm. thing mm, might not be Taco Bell. the best. How, <laughs> Fried here's chicken. what I actually want to know. How did KFC and Taco Bell end up melded together? Where Pepsi. is well, you know what? Where Pepsi I'm bottom. from, we have oh. Pizza Hut yep. Taco Bells. Pepsi owns really? Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC, and a few other restaurants. So but that's they, how they, they mash melded. up. It's a mashup. A it's mashup. A, it's a mashup. <laughs> yeah, the retail mashup. Fast food mashup. Um, I have to admit that I find this kind of geeky cool, and I would like to try it, even though I know someone would lose their job, and that's bad. Is it Bill S. or Bill Joy afraid of the robots delivering us our food? <laughs> who's bill s bill s is is the that, guy who posted the forum post bill from atlanta oh yeah. is this bill s yeah it's, it was like he has oh look at that i see that i get it but bill joy sure. is the guy who's afraid of robots yeah i know as well as being a brilliant anyway <clears throat> hey speaking of crazy people which we weren't Canada. <laughs> sometimes i have to seize the segue whenever i can the president of canada's lakehead university this is so awesome bill fred gilbert has banned the use of Wi-Fi on campus because he's worried that inconclusive studies have failed to show that chronic exposure to radio waves won't cause long-term time. Jason from Philly also uh, brought brought this to our attention. Oh, my God. Basically, he's just afraid that they're going to get radiated. Simply simply issue tinfoil hats to the entire student body, Fred. You'll be fine. (laughs) That's really the only thing Oh, wait, no, that amplifies... And don't use cell phones and don't use microwaves and... um, yeah, yeah. Basically, get a life. I think you should eliminate mm-hmm. all radiation on the campus, so no, no radio waves Mm-mm. should be coming At through. All. Because no. you know what? That's what Wi-Fi is. It's radio waves, mm-hmm. light. It's photons. Maybe they should put a big shield over the campus and protect photons from Fair coming enough. in. Because who knows? Fair enough. Sun can cause cancer. Here's the thing: you're going to get cancer from something. Wouldn't you rather get it from a hot spot? <laughs> Nice. Hey, you're going to get cancer. You're going to get it. This from the woman who wrote the cell phone radiation column. (laughs) Well, you know, I use a headset. I am much more worried about heat radiation next to my brain than I am from radio waves that are going through everything all the time Mm -hmm. in our world. And they are no different from hotspots. Now, granted, if you're near the transmission antenna, there could be some RF problems, but these things are generally not that hot. This isn't like a, an RF antenna that you have at the old radio station. It is inconclusive, Tom. You should write a column. <laughs> <laughs> I have other things to Maybe someday write a column Fred. about. <laughs> Maybe I should someday write a column. Uh, All right, moving let's... on to our voicemails. Scott from Salt Lake City has an interesting perspective on uh, the discussion of consoles as lost leaders. Hey, Tom and technical ladies. This is Scott again from Salt Lake City. I am so sorry to call you back again. But Tom mentioned that consoles are always lost leaders right out of the gate, and this is simply not the case. Nintendo always makes money out of the gate. They always have plans to be profitable on day one, and they do not sell the hardware at a loss. They may break even, but they don't sell it at a loss. And it's one of the reasons they have so much money, and they're still a gorilla in the market, even when they're taking third place in some cases during any given generation, like the current one. Uh, so anyway, just thought I'd mention that Revolution will probably come out breaking even or maybe even making them a little money, unlike the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Thanks. Talk to you later. That's a fine point, but a good one. That is a really, it's a fine point, but a good one? Well, it's a fine point because I think the Revolution generally oh, is considered a break-even proposition a rather than a loss. I still think that's pretty but, interesting. And does it point to... The, a more efficient system among a company in a company that is more dedicated to gaming. 
Or does I mean, it Nintendo point to the is a gaming have, company. You know, they had, does Nintendo have a lower market share of games so they can rely less on making money off those? Is it a risk proposition? Sony knows that they have the huge share mm-hmm. of the game market, of the actual title market. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo can't afford to rely on that huge share the way Sony can. Right, or Microsoft. Or, well, Microsoft's in the middle, right? They're, they're kind of halfway between. As halfway far as title share what? between Nintendo and Sony? Yeah, but they're taking the same risk in that the console is a, is a loss leader and they're trying to make up the money on games. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is they have a little more leeway than Nintendo mm-hmm. does to have that. Yeah, I don't know. But then I do think it's interesting that both Sony and Microsoft are not primarily gaming companies. Yes, well, and they have more cash reserves. Is that what you're saying? To no, I just wonder if there's some... I mean, yeah, I guess maybe it's that they don't have to bet the whole farm yeah. on the game console, but maybe it's that Nintendo... I don't know. Maybe they have found a better way to build them, you know? I'm just very curious. I think that's a good point. They're they're just cheap. Well, they are cheaper. They they do build them less expensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole point, right? James from Connecticut has a question. Uh, hi guys, this is James from Connecticut. Quick question about the IRAA. I was just wondering when they're talking about how much money they lose, are they just looking at how many downloads are going on and then factoring in how much that would cost in the store because. I myself and a lot of people I know have maybe twenty, thirty, forty thousand songs. We would not own four thousand CDs. We'd own maybe forty to a hundred at the most. So, wouldn't that kind of ruin the statistics? I, I mean, that's going from I have forty thousand dollars worth of music to I would buy four thousand over a course of five years. Um, just a thought. Maybe you guys know something about that. Uh, thanks. See you later. That's a very good question, yes. James, from Connecticut. And uh, by good question, we mean, <laughs> you're absolutely right. The RIA is making that crap up. Well, yeah, they just they just take the number and they multiply it by some number they think they would have made off of those songs if everybody had bought one, which they wouldn't. This reminds me yeah. of the studies where they show how much money people are losing because of web surfing. Right. As if the people, if they didn't have a browser in front of them, would be spending every second working. Right. And as if that would be the most efficient way to get productivity out of your people. Now, there probably there have been studies done on whether there is a correlation to the rising amount of downloading versus the falling amount of CD sales, mm-hmm. and they've been inconclusive. They have been inconclusive, although some people make the very excellent argument that, hey, maybe people have just finished completing their CD collections, replacing all their tapes and vinyl with CDs in the past few years. And so while there was an, an up, a huge surge in CD sales when CDs first started coming out and people were replacing their entire collections, now that they have done that replacement, they're buying at a slower rate, which also, makes perfect sense to me. Also, they have showed that the amount of illegal downloading detracts from well-known artists and helps lesser-known artists. Right. I've seen that study as well. So if you're trying to break in, give away your stuff. It only helps. Yeah, but in terms of in terms strictly of the RAA calculating the number, the amount of money that they have lost, it is an elaborate fiction. And how many of those downloads wouldn't have gone to RIAA members? I wonder. Right. I wonder. They're independent artists, or 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 just you know frivolous mm-hmm. stuff like snakes on a plane. Uh, ben from Jersey, Bates, Tom. Hey, Molly, Tom, uh, Veronica, and Earthlink guy. This is uh, Ben from uh, Jersey. Uh, just going to weigh in on the uh, Ricky Gervais uh, uh, comments that you made. Uh, I think the, the show's hilarious. Uh, I think I saw nine of them or listened to nine of them. The first three I couldn't find. I think they just rolled them off or something. But anyway... Uh, I'm an Audible customer, and uh, when they become available on Audible, I will purchase them, and then I will 
convert those uh, files into MP3s, which I know how to do, and put them on CDs and send them to my relatives because uh, they think they're hilarious too. And um, maybe even we can send Tom back to uh, remedial uh, comedy class or something. Anyway, love the podcast. Have a great day. Oh, snap. You are so not funny. Are you going to take that from him? Well, I guess I'll just head back to my remedial comedy class. <laughs> um, ben, sorry. Yeah, um, you know what? I wasn't saying Ricky, and I'm assuming he means I need remedial comedy because I don't, don't think Ricky funny Gervais is funny. I think Ricky Gervais is hilarious. Mm-hmm. What I said, what I said, I feel like a congressman all, all of a sudden. <laughs> well, Your Honor. Um, what was actually what, said. What I said was, I can't remember. Uh, well, actually. I, I think what I said was, that Ricky Gervais is hilarious, but I don't think it's funny enough to pay for it. And right. Maybe that's what he took issue with, and that's maybe. okay. Yeah, everybody has their opinion. I do think the show is hilarious. I wouldn't pay for it, but I, there's not much I would pay for. You know, yeah, you know wise. what? Honestly, yeah, that was our point. Is that in the podcast world, I just wouldn't pay for a podcast. No, not at this. No, not at this point. I mean, the Ricky Gervais is on TV for crying out loud for free. Not for free because it's on HBO, but you know what I mean. Also, Ben, you might want to watch out with the whole um, announcing that you're going to pirate stuff. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Because that he's is, in Jersey, we his know where name you is live. Ben. That is so much um, not that legal. Yeah, uh, Chris F. wrote in said he has a question regarding his podcast. He's preparing to run a contest where listeners can design the new logo for his podcast. Uh, how can he have listeners submit their logos if he's concerned about opening attachments? Which we said yesterday, don't ever open attachments. Is Gmail's virus scanner enough to protect the trusted attachments? Well, maybe Gmail or Yahoo Virus Scanner would be an okay way to do it. A better mm-hmm. way to do it is have them upload them somewhere else, like Flickr. Frapper. Or, yeah. Like Frapper. <laughs> Flickr. That's like what Flickr I meant. Or, or WebShots or Ophoto or Snapfish. Or, yeah. you know, Flickr's probably well, then, my favorite. Yeah, if they upload it to Flickr, then you can choose and then you can say, hey, winner person. Please send me the high res version as an attachment because what we didn't what we did not say is that you should never ever ever open any attachment that you ever get no matter ever. whatever. You should open trusted attachments yeah. from trusted sources that are obviously like what the body of the email says it is because yes. just because it comes from your mom which we'll get to in a minute doesn't necessarily mean that her address isn't being spoofed. You need to use common sense about when you look at that attachment and you look at the body of the email and determine whether it makes sense when in doubt. Call them up, ask them if they send it to you. If they say no, delete it. When you're open, running an open contest like this, yeah, you're not going to want to open those attachments, though. Right. Because you no. don't know where they're going. Yeah, from. absolutely not. So let's get to Dave's email. Dave took us to task, uh, said he was really interested in Tuesday's podcast when all three of us said we do not use antivirus software, thinks we need to give ourselves a collective buzz off <laughs> for not doing that. Uh, but he can forgive Veronica. <laughs> for not using antivirus because... because she's probably using an overpriced underpowered apple derivative that looks cool but that virus writers can't even be bothered writing viruses <laughs> for as if that's an insult <laughs> she's probably safe with about three <laughs> mac os viruses in the wild uh but for molly and tom i think i can draw the following conclusions all right molly you ready yeah I'm point by point ta- dave point Quickly. one you don't have computer illiterate mothers fathers sisters brothers relatives or friends sending you email attachments that are virus ridden make me believe you don't click on email attachments from your mother <laughs> see previous statement re if i don't know what it is i call her and ask her if she sent it to me yeah and yeah of course i have computer illiterate mother family brother sister whatever uncles and aunts sending me crazy stuff all the time you know what i do i filter it and most of it i delete and we tell them to put antivirus on their machines and we tell them i i have said to my family please don't forward me dumb stuff 
Well, and the point of this is when we said we didn't have it on our machines, we have anti spyware, we have firewalls, we have lots yes. of other security. We're not, we are not recommending that people not use antivirus. We recommend people do them. We were mm-hmm. just sort of coming to an admission that, well, you know, maybe we don't always use it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have children that use a PC on your home network. True. Yes, that is true. You must be very conscientious about backing up data. Well, yes, we yes, are. Yes, we are. You don't run a lot of software on your home PCs and your time isn't valuable. If you <gasps> ever had to reload and rebuild a box with a mountain of software, blah, 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 receive points two and three. Number five. I, we said we've never had viruses. Clearly, you can't be that adventurous in cruising the net and downloading software for tryout on home PCs or you're <laughs> damn totally trusting. True. Lucky in the internet sites you visit and what you download. Yes, true. Tom, put on your tinfoil hat and tell us that you and Molly are smarter than the rest of hey, us lowly computer five. users that antivirus hey. software is unnecessary and is just an Stop. advertising conspiracy to get us to buy more software. Ugh. No to number six. Okay, How what do you rude. want to say on number five? Number five, that adventurous in cruising the net and downloading software for tryout, you're right. I don't go and download every little piece of software I find. <laughs> I, I kind of don't even understand what you're saying here. If, I, if there's software I have a need for, I go to a trusted site like download.com and that's where I get to, to try out. Or SourceForge, and, and if it's well-recommended, yeah, but I don't just download anything from anybody. And also, Absolutely to me, not. that is a spyware question, and I said that we all said that we run anti-spyware. Uh, and no, we don't think we're smarter than you, and we don't no. think antivirus software is unnecessary. We Im- yeah, Point number seven implies that we told it. people don't use antivirus. We don't. We say, use antivirus. Don't be stupid like us. And he wants, yeah. No, I, no. I maintain it is not stupid not to use an antivirus product. But but the point is, use an antivirus product. That it, un, not knowing anything else about someone, I'm going to tell them to use it. Okay. If I don't know anything else about them. Yeah, that's true. And I'm going to tell my mom to use it, and I'm going to tell anybody to use it, and that's all I have to say. And that's all we have to say, and we have to go now. Yes. <laughs> Veronica yes, said so. If you want to keep abreast of the rest of the day's news, check out our sister site at news.com for updates throughout the day. And a shout out to Turtle in Willits, California. He says, love your sense of humor and enthusiasm for gadgets and other techie stuff. 1-800-616-CNET is the number. Buzz at CNET.com is the email address. Forums.CNET.com is the forum address. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.